Bonus Bond, Bonanza, Bonus Bond, Bonanza, Bonus Bond, Bonanza, Bonus Bond, Bonanza, Bonus Bond, Bonanza. and you're listening to the Who Dropped the Popcorn podcast. The premise is different this week as we're going to be talking all things James Bond 007. Yes, that's right. We've all watched No Time to Die, the latest James Bond film on its opening night, and we thought we'd get together to discuss it here and maybe talk other things Bond as well. Joining us to put on their safari suits, board their underwater lotus, and dance into the fire is Dave McHugh. Oh, I like to do some things the old-fashioned way. Andy Newlands. Ah, Mr. Malik, we've been expecting you. <laughs> and all the way from the somewhat north of England, Kyle Hammond. I am invincible! Kyle wins, Kyle wins. <laughs> Kyle wins, yeah. <laughs> Here's your warning, we'll be going into heavy spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film, we thoroughly recommend you watch it before listening to this. So what I thought I might do is um, to help the listeners out, I thought I would um, play a quick fire round question uh, game with you guys. And um, Blimey. Blimey. Wow. This is just sort of like a, a fun thing, but it's mainly for the listeners to sort of gauge. But mainly not your, fun. Yeah. But f- yeah, for, mainly for the <laughs> listeners to gauge your, um, your sort How of How stupid we all are. In, uh, in Bond films. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of, uh, one by one, I'm going to ask you these quick fire round questions. And, you know, it doesn't, right. you know, these answers you give aren't exactly the your concrete answers, but it's just sort of like, you yeah. know, what is subconsciously in your head. I'm going to give you a maximum of five seconds to answer each question. Okay. Wow. So just, think, just, just think of the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. <laughs> so this right. is like, so this is like the game Joey and Chandler play in Friends, yeah. That's yeah. You're st- yeah, it is, isn't it? That's where you yeah. go from Friends. Are you basically saying Shafi's Monica? Is that what this is? This. Well, I don't know. I just think <laughs> this, you know, is this. Is this your way of saying this is forced fun? <laughs> I remember Shafi. I, I don't. I don't really watch much Friends. I don't. Yes, you did. Am mate. I the? I'm you the, am I the it. You loved it. Whatever. I'm the creepy. Yeah. All you used to talk about waiter. school was friends all the time. <laughs> oh, did you see what Ross was wearing? Oh. <laughs> I remember Shafi once saying to me, "You watch Friends and listen to Oasis. You couldn't be whiter." <laughs> wow! <Just> outrageous. <laughs> wow. That did make me laugh. <laughs> uh, who, who are, you, are you doing this as like what Michael Barrymore or like Bradley Walsh or what's your style of? Quizinator. Um, I'm gonna be like John Barrowman out of the movie game. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that that quick show? The movie game. Didn't he recently get arrested? Okay, so who wants to go first? Do Dave Me. last because Dave's the expert, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you, right. how about you, Kyle? You, yeah, I'll you first, first yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, okay. So fucking hell, this is mental. This right, is intense. So, here we go. Oh Favourite Bond opening? Uh, 
one. I think this one. Two. No time today. Wow. Okay. Favorite Bond outfit. Uh, the blue suit Two. in the end of um, Casino Royale. Oh. Wrong. <laughs> Dave, shut up. Favorite Bond gadget. Um, the pen Two. from Goldeneye. Three. Okay. Favorite Bond car. Uh, yeah, Lotus. One. Lotus. <laughs> Favorite Bond girl. Uh, Jane Seymour, maybe, or the one from Goldeneye. I don't don't know their names. What they called? No, no idea. <laughs> Favorite Bond villain. Uh, uh, two, three. maybe. Uh, yeah. Favorite Bond song. Oh my uh, god. Uh, a view to a two. kill. Oh, Favorite nice. Bond actor. Oh, Daniel Craig, definitely. And top three Bond films in no particular order. Uh, Casino Royale, Goldeneye, and um, a Roger Moore one. One, one, one. The film. one, yeah, the one. I forgot the name of it. The one where Jaws first <clears> comes in. Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, Spy Who Loved Me. The greatest <laughs> film ever made. <laughs> Stop getting okay, Bond wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for that, Kyle. All right, Andy, you're next. Okay, oh, are you ready? Man. Not really. Are you ready? Yes, come, come on. on, let's do it. Three, two, okay. one. And here we go. Favourite Bond okay. opening? Uh, uh, Goldmine. Favourite Bond outfit? Uh, Daniel Craig in the blue shorts when he comes out of the sea. Sexy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite Bond gadget? Invisible car, Pierce Brosnan, mental. Yes. <laughs> Favourite Bond car? The classic Aston Martin that was in No Time to Die, amongst other films. Skyfall, particularly. Okay, Favourite Bond girl? Ooh, wowzer. I'm going to go with Vespa because of the death. Oh, of I want to character. change mine. I'm changing mine to Vespa as well. Sorry. No, you can't yeah. change yours. Uh, too late. Uh, fa- yeah. fa- Favourite Bond villain? Odd job and Jaws. I can't. They're both just fucking legends. <laughs> I was going to say favorite uh, henchman, but I thought we can only really remember like three. Mm. Favorite Bond song. I know you're going to say Madonna. This is the end. Na 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 na. Da-da. Let the okay. sky fall. <laughs> that one. Uh, favorite Bond actor. Oh God. Roger Moore. One. Okay, yes, and correct. And in no particular order, top three Bond films: Golden Eye, Moonraker, No Time to Die. Wow! <laughs> right. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Dave, we've given you a bit of advantage of this because you already know the questions. So, I mean, you've got like you've had like one or two minutes to sort of think of the answers. So, oh, you know, okay. but I was just I have been drinking quite heavily today, so I, I haven't. It would have made no difference. First, it's a regular. That's a regular. That's a regular sort of I've, uh, occurrence I've of the, of the I've podcast. Forgotten, I've got okay. questions already. Okay, so, so Dave, you ready? Shoot. Right. And here we go. Favorite Bond <laughs> opening? Um, 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 Octopussy. Favorite Bond outfit? Um, mm. um, safari suit from Octopussy. Favorite Bond gadget? Uh, the crocodile from Octopussy. <laughs> yeah, the crocodile. He just gets the yeah, eye. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> favorite, 
<laughs> favorite Bond car? Um, um, the actual Aston Martin Inspector, actually. Wow. That's my favorite car ever. Favorite Bond girl? My favorite Bond girl is Orgasmatron from Goldeneye. Favorite Bond villain? Favorite Bond villain is actually, I know it's boring, but it is Drax. I think there's something about him. He's just so calculated. I love Drax so much from Moonraker. Favorite Bond song? Uh, Living Daylights, one of my favorite songs ever. A favorite Bond actor? It's, well, my favorite human, and my, my tongue is firmly in the middle of my mouth when I say that Roger Moore is like my hero because of the UNICEF stuff. Like Roger Moore is my favorite human in the world, so I can't choose anyone but Roger Moore. Okay, and in no particular order, top three Bond films. Ironic, it doesn't actually include a Roger Moore film, so I do apologize. But from Russia with Love. <laughs> Who are you apologizing to? <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> the viewers. Okay. Roger right. Moore's trust. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, so um, so what did you say? Sorry, the first one? Uh, uh, yeah, so um, in no particular order, it's from Russia with Love, uh, Casino Royale, and Living Daylights. Okay, great. Uh, so that was fun. That was awesome, actually. That that was fun. There wasn't any caveat to that. That was amazing fun. I'll take back my inner monologue, Fizz. Exactly. Okay. That's, a, that's the first time Shafi's ever done something fun on this podcast. So that's <laughs> nice to see. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, you're you're like you're the epicenter of fun in this podcast, aren't you, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Thanks. The epicenter. Wait, were you taking Dave, my my favorite Roger Moore yeah. quote is my acting range has always been something between the two extremes of Razor's left eyebrow and Razor's right eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Such a legend. Okay, so now we are going to go into the portion of the podcast where we talk about No Time to Die. Now, um, as I said before, I just want to sort of double check, double check with the viewers. We are going to go into massive spoilers in this because there are there is a lot big spoilers to spoil in this film. So yep. this is your last warning. Please switch off the podcast if you haven't seen it, and you, um, you know, unless you do want to be spoiled by the film. But um, oh, okay, it's a rocket up his ass, goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kyle, we're going to start with you. What were your expectations of this film going in? Um, oh fuck me! Um, worried, worried, yeah, why? Worried because why? Because I love Daniel Craig, and there's been two great films <laughs> and two not great films. So this is the deciding vote. When they first announced the cast, and I saw that a lot of people were coming back from Spectre, I kind of expected the worst, really. Mm-hmm. And then I, I rewatched Spectre. Well, I didn't didn't rewatch the whole thing. I watched. I did a Newlands and watched clips of Spectre because I've to be honest, I've forgotten nearly all of it. Lucky you. What what was the atmosphere like when you watched the film? Was it empty? Was it so? Just to let you guys know, um, you know, we we three of us in this podcast uh, all live in Jersey, and we all watch the film together. But um, Kyle, what does not live in Jersey, so he watched it separately to us. So, did you watch it with anyone? No, I went at ten o'clock in the morning by myself, and there was about ten people in there. Okay, but that's perfect right. for okay. me, that mate. I love it. That's fine. Okay, how about you, Andy? What was your expectations uh, for the film? I thought it was going to be brilliant, but a bit like Kyle, key phrase there was deciding vote. So on the way to the cinema, when I was walking with Dave to meet you, we were both like, wow, this is like, this is a legacy film. 
And like, if this film is good, then I think everybody would look back at Daniel Craig's whole body of work and be like, yeah, he was an awesome Bond. So I wouldn't say I was, you know, anxious or worried, but um, I had faith that he could pull it off. But yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely like, I've not been to a film for a while where I'm like, God almighty, I hope this works. I pray that this works. Okay. And thanks for that, Andy. And how about you, Dave? What were your expectations going into this film? Yeah, so I, I think I'm the same as everyone. It's something so mad about a fifth Bond film with two great ones and two pretty pretty poor ones. It's just insane. So it had to be good. An all right Bond and it's game over. So it had to be good because 3-2 is such a difference. And I saw quite a few five-star reviews before I watched it. So I dared to dream. I got excited. And my God, it delivered to the okay, max. Right. Okay, yeah. so we'll, we'll get to that. For me, I was sort of very, um, I had my doubts. And I think the reason, one of the reasons why is because usually when there's a last minute directorial switch that normally points to a film that's sort of made out of committee and, um, you know, if a film that's sort of like sellotape together, there've been sort of big films that, that have done that before where they've had to sort of switch director Kind of last minute sometimes one or two, once or twice they've worked but um uh I, I was sort of you know a bit trepidatious but then carrie fukunaga's a, you know he's got a good track record so andy what were your feelings after you'd left the cinema when the film ended so for me it was just shock complete and utter shock i couldn't i could not believe what happened at the end happened in a in a james bond film so you know, as the hours passed and I went home and then the next day, lots of other feelings floated to the top, but I was dumbstruck. I remember like leaving. I couldn't even speak to you at the end. I just could not, I couldn't believe what happened. So shock. How about you, Kyle? I think it's good. We've not mentioned what the spoiler is yet, but I think that I kind of expected it to happen. I thought yeah, the only way yeah. Daniel Craig would come back was if that happened. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he's gone, yeah. he's gone from being you know having nothing to lose yeah to having everything to lose to then because of what happens to him he's lost it all so there's only one ending really there isn't there well the thing is is that i uh, okay so we're going going into the spoilers so bond dies at the end james bond dies at the end of of, of this of to, no time to die and the funny thing is is that i was just like you kyle i was i was suspecting bond would die at the end however but i thought I was suspecting what, that was the reason. The film? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because everyone that's seen it was saying there's spoilers. Do not reveal these spoilers. And then when you when you hear that, it's like, yeah, of course he dies. Of course he does. When the film was in development, I was suspecting he dies at the end because I thought that's why Danny Boyle left was because I think I thought that Danny Boyle wanted to kill Bond. And the producers were not happy with that. So that and, and also the title of the film oh. says "No Time to Die." So I thought, oh well, that means they're not they can't they don't have the balls to kill James Bond. But uh, yeah, that that's the I agree, I agree with you. I kind of suspected it, but then I was like, but then I thought, well, with that title, I'm guessing they're saying, but James Bond is not going to die. Shaft, say the title like this: "No Time to Die." Okay, mm. All right, very good. Yeah. How about you, Dave? How, what were your feelings of the film when you left the cinema? Well, I was blown away. Like, I was, I, I can't, like, so I was James Bond. I just, yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, like I was usually blown away. I couldn't really take it in. It feels like a sci-fi film to me. I don't, I just can't, I can't take it in. I, I, I honestly, I just can't take it in. And that's my opinion on it. I just don't have an opinion as on in, it yet. As in you can't take it in, as in there's a lot to process. Yeah, like, yeah. No, em- emotion, so- emotionally, or as in the, the plot doesn't make sense to you. Or, or well, what is it? To, no, to be fair, I, I don't really understand the plot. Like, I don't really get it. I don't really get this dude's vendetta against the whole world. I, I don't really understand it. I kind of yeah, yeah. understand it as much as I understood um, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I, I agree. But, yeah. but it was just fucking amazing. Like, when he, that opening scene where she's under the water and stuff, it's like, you know, what's that? Is there a film where there's some serial killer that, that stalks a young woman with a mask on? It's just like, am I watching a horror film? And then am I watching a sci-fi film? And then, yeah. I kind of knew if someone held a gun to my head and said, is Bond going to die in this film? I'd have said, yes, he's going to die. I knew, I kind of felt it coming. And even right. one of my favorite parts of the film literally was in the opening scene was when it's almost like James is sitting there and the bullets are going right at his head by the glass, which is similar to the opening, one of the opening scenes in Casino Royal Weather, where it hits the front of him. But this time it looks like, I think he feels like, if he's been betrayed again by someone he loved, he's just ready to die. He's literally sitting there and waiting for yeah. that glass to break. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. From that, yeah, from that I point, I was like, "Oh my god, this film is fucking off the chain." I just thought that also that sort of adds to the sort of self-destructiveness of Bond as well, and the fact that he's a heavy drinker. He's one of those people. So yeah, at that point, possibly he is like, "I'm ready to sort of finish it all right now," because. I'm heartbroken. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. man, that's like my maybe my favorite bit in the whole film. It's mad. I just love that yeah. shot. Bang. Bang. How long will yeah. this glass yeah, last? Yeah, yeah. Will he change yeah. his mind? And then he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I believe you. And then the machine guns come out. And I'm just like, oh, my fucking hell. Just stay. Does he believe no, he doesn't believe him. No, he doesn't know. Yeah. Well, why does he change his mind? Because he still puts on the train, didn't he? And says, I'll never see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think, I, I think he's just not sure. I think, mm, good, no, fair enough, that's a good point. He decides, he makes a decision not to die then, I guess, yeah. What's strange, though, is that how long had passed between Spectre and the very I, beginning of this film? Yeah, maybe, maybe not say. long at all. Because yeah. I wasn't sold, I wasn't sold in the relationship at all in, um, in Spectre. Were you sold in that relationship, though? No one was, not from Spectre. So, yeah, I know. in Spectre, really it's strange, she, like, she hates him, but then they're on the train together, and then she loves him. Yeah. And then when he's in the chair and Bluefell's injecting him, she's like, I oh, love I'm you. drilling him, not injecting him. Well, yeah, yeah, right. sorry, yeah. But then, like, ten minutes later, she's like, oh, I don't want this, I'm going. And she just walks okay, away. Okay, so, let, because this is what I'm going to go into, but let, let's talk about what we... Firstly, what we the, the low points of the film, what we didn't like about the film, because I, that's one of the criticisms I will sort of go into. But let, how about uh, Andy? Um, what what were your sort of low points of the film? I think you said oh, you've got you got a very specific uh, thing. Yeah. I think haven't you? Yeah. So let me just caveat that with I love this movie. Right, this. Yeah. So you got to remember, I'm the closer to the edge guy on this podcast. Yeah. I'm the Matt Damon fan, yeah? I like cars, I like silly things, I like being entertained. So all I wanted from this movie was, am I watching a James Bond movie? And so I I don't, when I say what I'm about to say, I'm in no way slagging off this film because it's fucking amazing. Yeah. However, the only bit that I didn't, I thought it just went a bit awry was when um, James Bond met the female spy who said, 
I've had like three weeks training. I just <laughs> thought that that like I don't know why she kind of she like I don't I don't get it. I don't like, I don't get why she said that's my favorite bit of the film. That whole bit yeah, is my really? favorite bit of the yeah, film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't like it at all. That's your Roger Moore bit, mate. That whole Cuban sequence is so well done. I think. Was it just anyway, a joke? Was it just a joke? Like, I've had well, what was the point? Yeah, yeah. Because at the, the end, because at the end of it, he says he actually acknowledges that he goes three weeks, like as if you know uh, that, uh, like he finds it hard to believe. So you, she might not have told the truth. But what, but... what are they doing? Are they setting up she's going to be in future films? Like, I just I don't get that joke. Why is that? I didn't get it. It just seemed out of place to me. Like three weeks and. Oh right, there we go. We've done the fight scene. Move on with the rest of the film. I didn't. I didn't get it. But apart from that, that's what happens. That's the nature of Bond films. Like you have these little set pieces that you know. Yeah, and then it, it's it was back brilliant, to the Andy. Part. Oh, sorry to agree with you, Andy. Disagree. That was the best bit of the film, man. They're, they're quipping, they're drinking, yeah. they're yeah, shooting yeah, yeah, people, yeah. kicking people. You, yeah, and I think <laughs> a lot of people have said about this film, but people, people feel the sort of opposite, to Andy, where. They think the low point is the fact that we don't get to see her. Like, uh, you know, she she does it. Her 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 presence in the film was very brief, but I kind of like that. Daniel Craig sort of gave this note where she's sort of like the young rookie. If that film had this sort of young sort of rookie character all throughout, I think possibly it would have overstayed this welcome. So I'm glad that I'm, I'm quite glad it was actually quite brief, but yeah. because it, it, it has more of an impact, I think, you know, it sort of uh, brings a bit of brightness into the film. But yeah, oh, I mean, I, you... <laughs> <laughs> what I liked to the end was um, Bond checks around. He's like, you were great. It's like, it's almost breaking the fourth wall then saying, yeah, that was, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like he's, yeah, it's like he's saying it to Anna de Armas, isn't he? Saying, uh, you know, you, you, you're kind of great in the whole sequence. I, um, I'd rather they cut that out and they did an extra 20 minutes of Rami Malek sat on the floor just by that table yeah. in Japanese style. That's yeah, under, understated See, Blade Runner. Blade or, or, another, or another 20 minutes yeah. where James Bond's in that car being shot at. Or another twenty minutes where the car is racing through the mountains. Quality James Bond stuff, gadgets. <laughs> no, I, I, this podcast is going to split up by the end of this episode. I can feel it. <laughs> Don't talk about politics, religion, football, or bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dave? What were your low points in the film? None. Didn't exist. Really? It was fucking wow! Amazing from start to finish. So you, because, because you said that you were confused that you know like you yeah, you said like tonally not, it's like a spy, it's a sci-fi film or whatever yeah, no, you well, actually well, enjoyed that part of it it wasn't wasn't in any way criticism and the fact that I don't understand the plot isn't anyone but myself's fault really like yeah because I accidentally had a quadruple vodka and um, tomato <laughs> juice before I watched the film accidentally but yeah Dave you had but, beers at nine o'clock that morning. Oh yeah, bon- yeah, happy Bond. Oh yeah, it's Christmas Day, wasn't it? Happy Bond Day for me. Yeah, I started <laughs> drinking at nine in the morning. That's right. But funny enough, I wasn't that drunk by the time I got to the film. Twelve hours later, so um, it was just I like for me, there is no low point in this film. If I don't understand the plot, it doesn't matter because Rami Malek is so unbelievably good, so wonderfully understated. Really? There's this insane Bond villain. I love him, man. I love him. I'm trying wow. to say choose him over Drax. I just love him. He's just so weird. He's just this freak. And he pulls back into a James Bond baddie of, of old, like rewinding yes, 60 exactly. years. He's just so, he doesn't make sense. What he's doing doesn't make sense. So maybe, maybe that's, that is his thing. He's just 
fucking mental. And I, ah, man, this film, the, I, I, I have okay. no low, there's no low point for me in this film. I kind of, I don't, the scene in Cuba, I can understand someone not liking it too much. And I can understand someone loving it. For me. Thank you, Dave. I love yeah, you. It's Thank kind you. Of, it, yeah, it sits in between for me. That scene did seem a little bit odd at times. Yes. But it was pretty cool. I still thought it was pretty cool and I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it is cool, but it's just odd. It's like, mm. what? Yeah. Felt That's like, yeah, Bond always goes moonlight. on side missions to get nah, to not capture like that. a... That felt like That's... a different film. It's like, here's 20 minutes of this. What we want is we want yeah. old school Bond. We want Rami Malek. We want the island. We want the James Bond fucking old school villains. That's what we want. We don't need this lady fluffing about in a blue dress. It, no, it was a big plot point because... He stole the the techno virus, whatever it was, and he took it on the boat with Felix. And then Prince Anders from uh, Aladdin steals it and kills Felix. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but the whole scene was cool. I just don't think it needed her. I don't get why they needed to introduce this lady spy lady for 20, 25 minutes. They could have just done it with Bond and Felix, or I just no I just way. don't get why she. No. What, but why was no. she in it? Why was she in it? Because she, she, I know. Well, I, I'd rather, to be honest, I'd rather see Anada. That's not me being a perv, but I'd rather see Anada Armas do all that action stuff rather than an overweight Felix Slighter, like jumping about and shooting people. I would rather, you know, she looked really cool as fuck, like in, like a, re, in like a, uh, like an evening Why couldn't they dress. have used like Nomi, like the new 007 lady instead? Because she was, she's already in that sequence, yeah, but she's, she's it, doing, yeah. But she's doing something that's the opposite to what Bond is doing. They're sort of competing. She's quipping as well, man. It's great. Yeah. 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 And, I don't know. And didn't, also, didn't like, the, I, I love the, the, I mean, you know, you got, Andy says that you actually thought the sequence is cool. And I just love that. Yeah, it was. It was cool. You know what we, what I was talking about, you know, regarding Mortal Kombat and how sort of boring the action scenes were, you know, that was a scene where, it's virtuoso because it's basically using the geography of the surroundings in order to, you know, they've got to get to this part. Oh no, they've grabbed, grabbed the scientist. So we've got to get to this part to grab the scientist back, except, you know, and it's so, I love, I love that sequence. I thought what was great. the free week thing about then? Maybe this is my problem with it. I just, I don't get that. It was a joke. Get over is that it, just meant to be yeah, fun, it's a, funny? Yeah, chill out. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was just but saying that she's funny. a rookie. It was, it was, yeah. she like played it really well, but she was basically acting like the excited rookie. And yeah, um, she was like jizzing, she was jizzing her pants, wasn't she, when she first saw him? And that might have been the show. She needs to get a yeah. fucking grip. She's hanging out with James Bond and she's a spy. She's she should be cool Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, but Bond's been retired for five years. She might have never heard of him. <laughs> okay, so Kyle, it's your low point. That's an outrageous thing to say about James Bond. Yeah, I think you alluded to it earlier. I think that, and his his name was uh, Lucifer Safin, but Big MK referred to him as Lucifer Satan, which mm. I think is quite cool. Yeah, his his motives once Blofeld's dead, I didn't get it at all. I've no idea why he's bothered. Why is he bothered? Yeah, it is really really. Yeah, really that, that was yeah. the thing, and I I found the first hour and a half was amazing and then kind of after that it was still good but it kind of teared off so it went from being probably the best daniel craig film to being third wow wow see that my low point in this film is that it's a very very good film but i think it's a victim of how bad specter is because the the one scene which i just was like i just want this to be over was when we saw blofeld 
I yeah, was just like, God. I can't. I was just like, because one thing is that Christoph Waltz is a good actor, but somehow oh, wait, whoa, both whoa, whoa, of whoa. these, he's he's not a good actor. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's not a good actor. actor. Yeah, 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 he is yeah. one of the best around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah behave. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, everything he does is gold, man. That is well, far. except, but, but however, however, Hello, James. <laughs> <laughs> However, it, in what's the, the opening previous... of of Django? Oh man, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's all right. Ha, ha, however, I've in the previous, up. I've got a big, big fat bone at the minute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that, but somehow I don't know what it is, but he is just really boring. boring like in yeah. in the previous film and in the scene where it really sort of was a low point in that in that scene where we get to see Blofeld again and he's in that prison the, it was quite about, cool the build up i thought the build up was pretty cool until Blofeld well, i didn't the, because the, the thing chair. is it just no, all this, it did was all it did was remind me about yeah. how sh- how shit spectre was and the fact he had that sort of scarring and it's like and it's like trying to remind you that oh this is the, the the villain that he's turned into the villain that you remember from all those pre those classic Bond films. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is no, I didn't. I did not like that. I did. I, he's got you a know, bionic and... eye. He's communicating through his bionic eye. That's quite cool. Just give give credit where credit's due. That that opening to the point where he sort of meets her in the it's quite cool. It really does feel like Blade Runner. No. That's all it is. I just constantly see. Do you know what would have been better? Well. If Bond got a helicopter and picked him up and dropped him down a chimney stack. Oh, yes. <laughs> he pats his head. He pats his Keep head. your hair on. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bond. Yeah, the Blofeld part for me was weird. I, like I didn't, I did not, I did not need to be reminded of Blofeld and I did not, and I just wanted this to be over again, but Blofeld. And also, uh, you know, you guys have alluded to it before, but, and I don't think that's any, this is any fault of the actress, but. I, there's no chemistry between Daniel Craig's Ke- yeah. character and Leah Sadu's character. You know, Vespa, between him and Vespa, that attraction, that chemistry that is there right from the beginning. And possibly it's got to do with how good the writing is, because the way they sort of play off each other mm-hmm. is, you know, is really good. Where, because because Spectre didn't have that foundation, it felt like a very boring relationship. And it was only when you see, so another spoiler here, you see uh, Bond's daughter that it starts getting interesting, you know, that yeah. Bond uh, feels like, well, this is the, these are two people that I need to sort of spend the rest of my life with. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that that's my problem is just that, and it's no fault of this film because I think it, you know, I mean, what, what would you rather it do? Would you rather it just completely ignore the previous film or would you, and, you know, do make it stand alone? I think I, I listened to an interview with Daniel Craig and he says that every film he's tried to make a standalone Bond film, but he felt like it never worked. So that's why he's sort of continued with the previous film that's gone on from it before. Let's look at how good the relationship with Eva Green was. Like, it was just incredible because they meet, they kind of have that fun banter on the train. And then she... Yeah, man, she she really gives as much as she gets, doesn't she? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really well written. It's such a great scene. And he looks great. She looks fantastic. I think she's so beautiful, Eva Green. Oh, my God. But, like, she has just such an incredible beauty. Not like, obviously, she's a Bond girl, so of course she's going to be pretty, but... There's just something about Eva Green. My gosh, I think she's so beautiful. And then they have that wonderful chemistry on the train where they're taking the piss out of each other and trying to read each other. 
But then she kind of saves his life, doesn't she? She she gets involved in the fight, which is like shit. I'm just an accountant. I didn't realize I was going to be in some mad stairwell fight. And then you know that's quality. And then the shower, well. the shower, the shower scene. Yeah, that fight's so good. And then the shower scene is beautiful. And that makes sense. It really does feel like on a Majesty's Secret Service level of being in love together and stuff. Because you would be. If you're going through that kind of crazy emotional shit, you know, it's mad. You are going to fall in love. And then, oh man, when she's drowning and stuff, it's just fucking incredible. And she takes that moment to sort of touch his fist as she's drowning and stuff. It's like, fuck man. Jesus, I'm almost tearing up just thinking about it as he's trying to save her life. As it yeah. sort of sinks yeah. down. It's fucking crazy, man. It's far more than from Majesty's Secret Service, actually. It's a lot higher. They ruined it in, it was either Spectre or Quantum, where the boyfriend that she um, was betraying James to steal the money for was actually mm. just some, like, player who's done it to loads yeah, of before. Wasn't douche. a real boyfriend. Yeah. So that kind Quantum. of, like, did, yeah. they should have left that bit out, if I'm honest. Yeah, because yeah. and James didn't even fuck him up, because I'd have been tempted to fuck that motherfucker up, but he didn't. Yeah. And, and still, again, that's another kind of plot hole in, in this. I just don't, I never really understood best boyfriend what he was and the thing is is that regarding plot and how the nanobot thing works and all that and, and also what rami malik's sort of motivation is that doesn't bother me that much because i i'm not really i'm i kind of accept that these things are get end up being a little too far-fetched it's like you know it's like kind of like you know spider-man villains you sort of like we, we we just accept that you're gonna even though you're very friendly to peter parker at the beginning you somehow sort of you've got you something somehow you've got these tentacles <laughs> and now you tell you want to sort of murder him and murder everyone else and all i sort of accept at the beginning of the film is that there is someone who wants to destroy the world and who fuck knows why they want to sort of destroy it but yeah. i think i do agree with i'm not sure whether kyle actually said it but I think that um, I think they they did not really develop that villain that well. Even though no. I don't think that I agree with Dave that I don't think it's Rami Malek's fault. I think he he did what he could with what was given to him, but you know, but it's a really understated performance, isn't it? It's incredibly understated, but I think yeah, it works. Yeah. So maybe yeah. just what seeing his mum die. Like we see that in so many serial killer films, he's just a serial killer. Maybe he's just gone mad, mad as a hatter. And it's clever enough though, to do something really mental. He lets Madeline live when she's under the ice. Mm. But then like 20 years later or whatever, he's like, oh no, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, Mike Myers again. But it's just, it's just quite interesting. I just love that scene. It's just nuts the way they kind of cut back from him. And, you know, it's just really cool, sort of terrifying shot where he's firing into the ice and he's like, oh yeah, I can see someone that needed me. It's really freaky. He's just such a, he's just a weird motherfucker. So that, that opening scene is disgusting Spectre, isn't it? Didn't he let her survive because he wants to, he thinks that when she's going to grow up, she's going to lead him to Blofeld and all the rest. I thought he just said that he sort of wanted to rescue her. He'd never seen someone need, like she needed his help. Right, it's like right. in Manhunter. If like God, you know, when it's like, what is he talking about in Manhunt? It's like, if you do what God does enough, you'll become like a God and stuff. It's just like mad. You'll become wanted and desired. So I don't know. Maybe he's just looking for love. God knows. I don't know, man. He's crazy. He's just a nutcase. Let's just go with that. Andy, so what were your sort of high points? What was the highlight of the film, you say? Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> so the opening for me. Was so good. I was like, yeah. "Yes, 
I'm not watching Jason Bourne. I'm not watching just any. I am watching a James Bond film. Aston Martins, beautiful scenery, lovely outfits, guns. Oh, God, Sheffield, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed the opening. And then bang, mm. Billie Eilish. Boom, look at this. This is insane. Lovely music, scores quality. Kyle, what do you think of that Billie Eilish song after you've seen that film? Uh, that bit, I went for a piss. <laughs> oh, this is fucking outrageous. <laughs> James Bond has been so disrespected tonight. Like, So I had a really oh big, because I went in the morning and I had a really big coffee. And I thought, actually, this is probably a good time just to sneak one out before. I can't believe it. Because it's a, a three-hour film. I better go now. It's a it's a brilliant song. It's a fucking brilliant, brilliant song. I still can't get into that Billy Eilish song. Oh it's so good. It's so good. It's amazing. Oh I want them to bring the drums back into a Bond song. Like why? What the Sam Smith didn't have? Like it was just very, you know, where you've just seen a big kind of action sequence, and it's sort of like let's just take the drum, you know, the drum, no drums. Yeah, but it rises to a dramatic, awesome crescendo. We're just like, yeah, it's a great Bond song. It's a real heart back to the sixties. I'm glad you guys like it. I cannot believe how much this film's getting slagged off. This is outrageous. Exactly. What the fuck? This is definitely the end of the podcast. Kyle and Shafi can go off on their own podcast. It's and you know, I will have our own fun podcast that no one ever edits. <laughs> We're going to talk about what we love about the film. It's just that I've structured the conversation in this way. Andy and I have done nothing but talk about our love for this film. There is, there is nothing that I can slag off about this film. Like I say, if I don't get it, that's my problem, not, not the writers. Okay, so, uh, okay, Andy, so go on. So, yeah, what else did you love about this film? <laughs> I loved, I love the fact that it just heart. So basically, loads of layers, right? So going back to what you were saying before about Blofeld, I get your points and stuff, but I'm so simple. I love the fact that he's being like in this mad chair and he's slowly going towards James Bond. That I love. Yeah, that was brilliant, wasn't it? it was it's nuts, fucking man. old slot, old school. Like I love the fact that crazy fucking villain is on his own personal island for some fucking reason god knows where he's got his money from and all the rest of it but whatever he's got his own island i liked that mad scene where um they're in that plane that then turns into a submarine and it emerges <laughs> from the water just fucking this is some dr no crazy shit going on here <laughs> I, I just i liked q i liked q was gonna have a date and then they turned up at the house and then <laughs> the James Bond and Money Penny, you can see them through the doorbell camera. That is some funny shit. I just loved all of it. I just felt it was lovely. And what I also loved was the arc of the character, like seeing James Bond as a dad as well, just, you know, peeling mm. apples and stuff and being in the kitchen. That was fucking lovely. Like, I was really lovely, had lovely, lovely. Making a quiche, making a quiche, but. Yeah, doing stuff like that. like that. I like the little video game style where he's like going up the levels as well, like defeating all the little dudes before he gets <laughs> to Cyclops, you know, and again, an old school <laughs> like villain. Like, that was quality. Cyclops bit, just, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> like it just, just for me in my simple mind, this film had absolutely everything I needed in a James Bond film. Like, and I know you guys are talking about like the villain, but like it, it's just like a, a, a randomizer, isn't it? What do you need for James Bond villain? Right. Fucking insane. Something in the past that's made him go mental, disfigured face and a crazy accent. Tick, 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 nah. tick, tick. tick, tick. <laughs> I think, ah. I think See, we I love should... that. We should move past the whole disfigured villain thing. Come oh. on. Where it's a 20... Come on, it's 2020. It's a James Bond movie. It's it doesn't James matter. Bond. Oh, wow. 
these are these are key points if my lovely face got ruined i'd be fucking furious and the world is gonna pay if I got burnt or something on my lovely face, that'd be it. Oh, I'd be a bumper in a matter of I think I've got a lovely face. What are you disagreeing with? <laughs> I'd be so upset. I want to go to a James Bond film and feel like I'm watching a James Bond film. Exactly. And that's exactly oh. what this film did for me. I will always make fun of Andy for just loving the film or every film. Each week it's his new favourite film because he's a dumbass that's forgotten the first film. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, so, I'm so on board this week. And this is a special, yeah. so I'm going to be nice. Andy and I aren't even going to argue in this special one-off. But don't worry, don't worry, viewers. We'll be back to the bands next week. But yeah, Andy, you legend. You're you're all right now. That I think about it. I t- I t- honestly, I can't fault this film. It gave me it's everything amazing. I wanted. It's so good, honestly. It's so unbelievably unreal. It's just, it, it's more than a film, if I'm And the stunts just, as well. So fucking hell. When he's jumping off of bridges, he's getting on a motherfucking motorbike. Yeah, that, that's really doing fucking donuts thing, right? in the Aston Martin with the fucking thing. What and he's got the, the, the fucking watch. Remember the watch as well, guys, when he fucking yeah. explodes the eye? These are all James Bond. Yeah. In fact, fuck know, Matt Damon quite... and fuck Jason Bourne and fuck all the other spy <laughs> films. You can keep them. I want my James Bond straight out of fucking the 60s, 70s and 80s. Exactly. Minus the kind of sexist shit and all that. Because yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a dark humour, isn't it? Because he yeah. didn't even know that that was going to work. He's just got him in headlock and it just so happens yeah. to sort of deep fry his eyeball. And it's just like, oh shit, awesome. But what triggered the explosion when he was went to um, Vesper's grave? What triggered the explosion? I don't know. I thought it was just, just his vicinity or, to the yeah, team. Laser, yeah. Spectre. I thought that there was some kind of maybe like, I really like the idea of just these mad dudes are just waiting by Vesper's grave, no matter how long it takes. Just like the SES, they'll just sit there and wait yeah. until a target arrives. And then Bond that. just goes to visit Vesper's grave because no one else is going to visit it and just tripwire or something like that. Boom. They're in a coffee place. They hear the explosion. They go, this is it. We're on. Because it just felt like a bit of a kind of rather drawn out way to kill somebody. I know that's every Bond film, but I was like, shit, bang, boom. They're just waiting for him. It's literally just a booby trap. One day he will go there. Oh, fuck. Oh, man, it's so good. It was I great. just love it. I also, yeah. liked, I also liked the fact that they had a range of Aston Martins. So you saw the DB5, yeah. you saw the V8 Vantage, then you saw the DBS Super Leggero. It fucking, yeah, even, I don't know if you noticed in one scene where M, and by the way, we need to talk about M and his yeah. fucking insane thing, but they had the Aston Martin Valhalla. So for all of us that know our cars and know our history and know our gadgets and love all that from the James Bond film, this film gave you so much. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's ridiculous. You should, how, no, how honestly, you can make the sleeping noise when I'm talking about James Bond cars and gadgets is outrageous and is a disgrace is to the franchise. To bring I'm back leaving this podcast. The Timothy, the Timothy Dorton, Timothy Dorton is back in our world. Timothy Dorton, the, that is a great car. Oh my God. My final point on my positivity trend of thought on this film was the forest scene. So I liked, yeah. I liked the fact that the cars again. Sorry, I'm going on about cars, but when when they started the the whole fucking chase where he's in that jeep and um, the new Land Rover Defenders come and yeah, it's a bit. He does fend a few of them off too easy and all the rest of it. But then that scene in the forest for me was just incredible. It was yeah. so awesome. And he was Return shot of the Jedi. so it's shot of so the Jedi, well, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. No, it was... not return. Oh yeah, returning Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was yeah, so it was good. So, like... it, was, it was it was beautifully shot that that sequence. So I probably feel about that how you guys feel about the Cuban three week thing. So 
that just to give you an, uh, an indication of how much I love that bit of the film. It was just lovely, this film. It was so, it was like Dave was saying before, it was so many different things throughout, but I felt they all melted together quite nicely. Uh, what was your high point in the film? Uh, yeah, quite a few. So the opening as well. I mean, although a lot of the opening was in the trailer, but I had not watched the trailer for over a year. So yeah, that whole opening was great. I yeah, was the, the forest bit. Watching the two, uh, yeah, the, the forest bit was great. The the one shot in the stairwell at the end was great. Yeah, but yeah. Favorite yeah. bit was the Cuba bit. Yeah, yeah. And how about you, Dave? What was your favorite part of the film? Well, I'm, I'm going to have to hark back to it. Like, it is mad. But so Bond is in this mad situation where everyone else dies, where he's in such a crazy situation, but yet Bond makes a decision where he may, to some extent, commit suicide and let them kill him. And that's, bang, just firing at that window at his head. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. For me, that was just just too, too unreal. I couldn't imagine, imagine being in that situation where you're thinking in that situation. To me, that's one of the finest moments in cinema. I know it's, I'm saying it. It is fucking unreal. Is that even better than when Hugh Dennis pictures up as a scientist? <laughs> <laughs> I know there's not enough fucking sort of cameos from great British comedy actors. I love Hugh Dennis, actually. Adrian Edmondson in Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, just loads of shit. I just think the, the Russian scientist was a bit of a rip-off of Boris's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I kind of was like, mm, mm, am I going to go with this? So I just decided to go with it. I thought he was going to be a double agent as well. I thought that would be more interesting. Can we just take a moment, because Andy mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, that that sequence of Boris and the pen is so such an ingenious moment. It Quite really amazing, is such though. a... Such a yeah. great moment in Bond. Well, I sometimes history. do that at my desk at work. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking about Goldeneye, well. by the way, if you're not sure what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they know. Listeners, yeah. They know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so sorry sorry to cut you off there, Dave. Yeah, no, I, I think I've finished my point anyway. Don't worry. Um, yeah, and then what else did I love about this film? Yeah, like pretty much everything. Like literally everything about it. I, I There's... Yeah, I'm Did you like tomorrow. the scene where um, James and M were in the room and like, you know, James has been a little bit naughty towards M and M's drinking a bit too much and I thought yeah, that was quality. Uh, again, that's quite interesting because it's sometimes in Bond films that Bond, Bond is kind of the one in that situation where yeah. M's always been quite cool and collective. And actually, I'll tell you what, how good is the scene between M and Pierce Brosnan and Goldeneye? When, that is an amazing opening. Yeah, man. Their M's such a fucking amazing film character. Yeah, like, yeah. And then sort of her, like when it's her death at the end of Skyfall, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, that really is incredible stuff. But yeah, no, no, honestly, I, I, I thought it was just unreal. I really did. I thought this film was just unreal. And I will, I'm going to go and watch tomorrow. It's my day off tomorrow. I didn't it. spot it, but there was the bit where you see Judy Dench's picture on the wall, don't you? Oh, really? Wow, really? Yeah, but apparently Bernard Lee's picture was on the wall as well, but I, I didn't spot that. I love all that. James Bond is always a different person. M's always a different person. It's just code names for an organisation. It's like you're going around the world saying I'm no, Bond, no, no, James no, Bond. No, 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 that's proved wrong. That's proved wrong when uh, Roger Ooh, Moore puts cheeky. flowers on the grave of um, oh, it's, it's George Lazenby's yeah. wife, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Shaf, there is one spit that I, just to finish off answering a question that I just wanted to mention, and because this is the bit I actually funnily think about all the time, but it's it's the last couple of minutes of the film. So I think this is a stroke of genius and I, I just fucking love it. And as a viewer, I just accepted it. So Bond dies, 
and then um, his missus and his daughter are in the car. And then basically she says something along the lines of, let me tell you a story, a story about Bond, James Bond. And for me at that point, I was like, fine, yeah, he can die in this film, but there's plenty more stories to come. So I just accepted mm -hmm. that, no worries, it doesn't matter that he's died in this film. James Bond goes on forever because there's always a story to tell. I just thought that was amazing writing. I loved it. Do you know what I hated about that scene? The kid wasn't in a car seat. <laughs> and I was like, this is bullshit, man. This is bullshit. Wow. <laughs> We're going to drive nah. along the most dangerous like, roads. and uh... It's James Bond's daughter. She doesn't need yeah, a car seat. She lives on the edge. She should be fucking driving, if anything. Oh my god <laughs> that was that was lovely that was such a lovely way to end the film mm. i just love the idea of just doing some crazy shit like that waiting for the missiles to land a bit like sort of bruce willis at the end of armageddon you just yeah i'm cool with this i'm ready to go for the greater good yeah the song they played at the end yeah yeah it's the song for, uh, yeah no, no, no. On a Majesty's Secret Service, Louis Armstrong, yeah. All the time in the world, yeah. Not Aerosmith, yeah. fuck off, man. Chill <laughs> <laughs> out. It is Fucking Aerosmith, you dickhead. Tonight, tonight's in like the Dave and Andy versus <laughs> Kyle and Chaffee. Like, can I just say something? I, I think it's no, your birthday, two... mate. You can say whatever you like. Happy birthday. Chaffee, happy birthday. 40 today, blimey. My God. <laughs> Shafi's got a big dick. Shafi's got a Shafi's big dick. Shafi's got a big dick and it's his birthday. Do you want to know a scary point? When Daniel Craig shot Casino Royale, he was the same age as me. And I just feel like my life has just been nothing. Right, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow morning. Are you sure? I think he's, I think he's a fair bit. I thought he was like 36 when he no, did Casino Royale. Don't make him feel worse. No, fucking no, Jesus. Kyle, wow. you're going to get your big break now where you're exactly. going to be... You're gonna come out. Of the, you're gonna come out of the water in just a pair of tiny trunks, exactly. and apparently chicks like the dad bod. Chicks love the yeah. dad Don't bod. say this the wrong way, Kyle. But if you get cast as the next James Bond, <laughs> I'll suck you off. <laughs> Pretty funny. I think there are two things we take for granted. One is how good Daniel Craig is in this film. Yeah. And, and two, how good the action is shot. Now, the first thing is that Daniel Craig is present in every... When I say present, I mean, not that he's just there, but he's actually, you know, you believe every single line he delivers and he, he is present in every scene of this film. And he, he acts like he really gives a shit about, about the film and wants to make a good film. And I think uh, I think that's something we sort of take for granted. One thing is that he's really, you can tell how much he's having fun. And if you see him in the, these most recent interviews he's having to promote the film, yeah. he's really enjoying himself. There's sort of like, there's a world of difference between that Daniel Craig that was in that press conference when it was first announced and the the Daniel Craig we see now, because... In that in that first press conference and sort of you know the the beginning of this whole saga, seeing interviews with him, he was sort of like, and I I I always sort of stuck up for him. I was thought that he was someone who doesn't really is not really comfortable with being sort of like a superstar or anything like that. So you know, but it's not every you know. I th I think you know Christian Bell said said it. He said that I'm an actor. I'm not a I'm not a star. And you know some of these people. You know, they're, they, they're actors first, so they can't all be Hugh Jackman where they're sort of big showmen and, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of very charming in every interview. But what, what actually has happened is 
throughout this now is that he's actually progressed to someone who still feels very sort of comfortable in his own skin and um is you know he seems sort of very likable and the and that in a way it sort of syncs with with the character of bond from casino royale to now you know to no time to die because um, he start, starts off, you know, these these earlier films very sort of stoic and has sort of a chip on his shoulder, which is which has sort of been sync with those Fleming books anyway. And as those films have progressed, re- I guess let's not talk about Spectre, but but definitely sort of you know Skyfall, you know Skyfall, you could tell he was really enjoying his job, and and it's it's the same with this film as well. You can tell that he. He wants to make a great film, and he's sort of happy to be there. And I think we we take that for granted with with these type of films, anyway, because there are a lot of those you know actors that will turn up for a paycheck. But I think he really sort of gives a shit about kind of making the best film possible. Because regarding yeah, re- regard, regarding any sort of James Bond film, everyone's going to show up, no matter how shit the film is going to be. Everyone's going to show up. But the fact so he could have reined it in. But the fact is, is that, you know, you are watching someone who really cares about about the film. And I think that I think it's really nice to see, especially with a film of this sort of size and a franchise this big. And and secondly, I I think, you know, kind of following on from my sort of Mortal Kombat run, the action here is so well done. Like, you know, and it's something we take for granted because action films, aren't easy to shoot they're not easy to you know especially with those sort of logistics and how the big budgets and the big sequences you know you all it takes is a really shitty editor or uh, or a director who's not interested in in action whatsoever to really sort of fuck up these sequences but so, yeah, Shaq, i mean that, be- that cuban fight scene i would agree that was fucking awesome so don't get me wrong with that like that i can't fault that you, you can't it was like yeah. watching a dance it was awesome yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. See, which is what I've said in the Mortal Kombat episode. These films should, yeah, feel, yeah, yeah. these sequences should feel like a dance. Uh, I, read, I read a tweet about the fact that martial arts, they were saying that there's a, there's a lot of similarities in martial arts films and musicals and the fact that it, you watch it and it sort of, um, it sort of releases endorphins when you sort of see these people move, you know, so syncopated, you know, and I, I think, you know, there, there was criticism of Quantum of Solace, you know, the action not being great because of, you know, bad editing. You know, I, I, th- I think I think it was really, they did a really good job of, there was not one action sequence where you were like, oh, well, you know, they didn't really sort of, you know, they, they sort of slept through. I think it, it was, it was, um, it was really impressive from beginning to end regarding from an action uh, point of view. Yeah, just going back, going go back to your previous point, Shafi, about Daniel Craig being really happy on the press tour. He's got a young daughter, so he's been locked at home for 18 months with his wife and kid. He's probably just like, fucking yes! <laughs> <laughs> Freedom! <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump off this bridge right now. But- <laughs> I disagree, Jen, if you're listening. I disagree. <laughs> Do you think, but it must be fascinating, because when you're making the film, how do you know it must be just such an interesting thing making a film. You must be so nervous. The script might be great and stuff, and but if you're making action sequences and stuff, it must just be mad. Like shit, is this going to be good? I just don't know until it's over. Until I how, how many it. times would Daniel Craig have had watched it before the premiere? Apparently, they all they all watched the film but just before the pandemic. They all saw the film wow. before the pandemic. 
Wow. Man, that's a long time to keep a secret then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end of 2019, they saw a r- practically a finished cut of the film. Wow, that's mad. Holy shit. Imagine you'd watched it with them. That was a prize that you'd won. Yeah. And you were like one of the only people in the world that had seen it. Just before I forget, I just want to um, I just want to say that guy who hangs on with Felix is the biggest fucking douchebag I've ever seen on the cinema. I just want that out there. Yeah. They, they cast him intentionally for him to be Yeah, I know, of- I know. I know, mm-hmm. but that's how good it was. I, I just, he's such a douchebag. Put me on you could tell. Saying that. I mean, uh, I'm guessing it, so you guys were you guys weren't surprised yet that yeah, he no. was going to be a double agent, right? I mean, it was it was it was obvious, like from the beginning. Oh, he was the biggest douchebag. Yeah, guy from Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, chill out. He was Prince Anders in the Aladdin remake, which I think is a great film. But there was kind of out. Outrage because they were all about doing a Disney Plus show just about him, and they were just like, "Wait, wow. the only white guy in the film you're going to do a Disney Plus show about?" <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you mean? There's an, an Aladdin remake, the Will Smith one. Yeah. Like, Will Smith with humor. Or, yeah. Is it oh, gotcha. live action, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. directed by yeah. Guy Ritchie. Jesus, <laughs> Kyle. I think you you wanted to talk about how Bond films have, I would say, not short like plagiarized but are you can see how other films of the past few years have influenced the current bond film we're watching yeah so i'm going to talk briefly about previous films and then wow a fair bit about this one um i'm blatantly going to miss some ones about the previous films so moonraker was obviously a clear nod to star wars it came out two years later what moonraker come on space Yeah. yeah yeah but be careful all right, what? Come on, come on. Yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm listening. Live and Let Die was based on black exploitation, like the pop, <gasps> how popular black exploitation was. Yeah, but I think that was the first black exploitation film, though. But yeah, carry on, Carl. Good. Try carry on. And then, kind of later, so Bond, Bond had always been a bit funny, hadn't it? And then um, Austin Powers came out, so like, right, we need to take this a bit more gritty. And obviously, Jason Bourne was doing well at the time, so the Daniel Craig beginning films were very much kind of Jason Bourne era. And then. Bollocks. Skyfall is just the dark night. You've got like a disfigured man that's been captured. You know, they're interviewing while he's captured. And then for me, this one, what what do you think that they've copied as such for this one? Nothing. Played on a, a little bit, maybe, but that's it. What was the biggest film, well, ever, but of the last few years? Predator. Avengers? Yeah, so Avengers Endgame. Ooh. Right, here we go. Five years later... Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. The villain from the previous film dies quite early on in this film. So Thanos dies quite early on and Blowfield dies quite early on. Like Tony Stark, he was all gung ho until he had everything to lose. So Stark all of a sudden has got a family and a kid. James Bond's got a family and a kid. Um, wow. The heroes die. So Black Widow dies, Felix dies. And then obviously <laughs> Tony dies and James Bond dies. But I mean, I. It's all got to That's do with end- it's all it's all got to do with ending sagas, right? You've got to yeah. If you're ending a, a whole arc in the Avengers, people are going to die. Characters are going to die that yeah. you love, right? So, and you know that that's you know I, I kind of knew when they're on that ship, I knew that Felix Light was going to die. Like I could just tell, yeah, because it, it all you know you get the you get the feeling from the beginning of the film that in the way that you sort of what in the way I was sort of watching Avengers Infinity War was that this is all there there is a certain you're sort of on the edge of your seat this is sort of an intense experience because 
people, these characters that you know and love are going to be expendable. Like, you know, they could have killed Money Benny. They could have killed M, you know. Yeah. It was sort of like, who's going to die? Who's not going to die? In the way, same way I felt about those Avengers films. And Scream. Can I just talk about the ending, though? Because we, we you know, you guys would, you, Kyle did sort of mention it, that I think, uh, sorry, Andy and uh, Dave are, are really going to hate me for, for saying this, but. Yeah, I can't believe this. I don't think that so, that death would be half as effective if it wasn't for that musical cue of like Louis Armstrong's. Oh, the mic drop, the mic drop. Like there is something very bittersweet about that song. There's a whole sort of baggage associated with that song because that that is the theme song for On a Magic Secret Service. That kind of feels like the that film is sort of like the outlier of the whole Bond, you know, films because it's got it's got the one actor that never played Bond again. It has an ending that is unlike any other. Bond film. It was sort of seen as a, a bit of a disaster as far as Bond films are concerned. But was it? I, I don't know. What's the truth? What is the truth? No, it was the second biggest film. film that year, only behind Butch Cassidy and the Sundance really? Kid. Yeah. Which is one, which is arguably the best film ever made. Viewers, if you haven't seen that. There are some people that have strong dislike towards that film. But only because of an insane love for Sean Connery, I'd say. It's like, be here now, man. It's like, be here now. That film, I love that film. I love it on its magic secret yeah, service. Yeah, you really do love that film. More than and, me, which is mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, one thing is it's very romantic. And, but also that, you know, that song, it's not like a, a rousing, with, with these sort of previous Bond songs, they've been sort of very... yeah. Majestic and serious, where they've been sort of very serious and very sort of dark. Where Louis Armstrong, it just feel you've got these sort of warm feelings inside mm. while while listening to the song. And I, I think it's just it was the perfect musical cue because it, it it makes you feel bittersweet at the end. You're like you know you see something that's sort of very tragic that you know this this father can't can't sort of see his wife and daughter anymore so so the you know the circumstances that this father can't see his daughter and his wife anymore so he decides to sacrifice himself and you know that's something that's very powerful but the film ends with with a daughter like a legacy that sort of moves on the people in um in mi6 sort of kind of move on the the, the line that that uh, m right, says back to is, work Right back to work, exactly. So it's sort of bittersweet. You kind of have a yeah, mixture I of totally feelings. Yeah, I totally agree with everything. And you I said and there, I don't and I don't think you. One thing is that I saw someone tweet something. And I don't know. Maybe we're sort of we're sort of changing the tone of the conversation here because someone actually tweeted saying, "I've seen the Bond film, and I want to warn those people that those people that suffer from PTSD and depression to be careful watching this film." Now I sort of. I'm not going to disagree with that sentiment. I think that's an important thing to say. However, I think there, the film isn't, it's not a completely dark ending because I think there is brightness at the end of this film. And, you know, it just goes to show the power of a good musical cue at the end. Because I think if, if it'd been, a, let's say if they ended with that Billie Eilish song, I think I would have, felt less I wouldn't have been that as sort of invested in that moment but I think that that um that that pick of that song the Louis Armstrong song I think was just such a beautiful like cherry on top of the film Mm. 
I just had a random thought of when uh, (laughs) Rami Malek comes on screen, just Billy Eilish goes, I'm a bad guy. (laughs) 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 I will quite a bit to say about the the score, Shafi, if you want to do that now or. Yeah. But can I just say that regarding like good musical cues, so this is kind of very random, but Star Trek 2009, that film has an opening sequence where the, the where basically Captain Kirk's father dies in a similar circumstance, the way that Bond dies at the end of that film. And the thing is, is that it's quite sad, and it's quite like Michael Giacchino. Is it Michael Giacchino? Or you know, he does a really great job with that that score, and the fact that it's sort of very kind of emotional when he's when he says "I love you" and he sort of explodes in in the in the starship. But then it sort of it transitions to the title, you know, the the title of Star Trek, and you know you hear the do 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 do, like it makes you sort of want to like, you know, pump your fist in the air, like yes, I'm I'm ready to sort of uh, start this yeah. film. And I think I think it's just uh, what I'm saying is those are two sequences that are sort of punctuated by yeah, by a musical a really cue. It's all got to do with the power of music regarding its relationship with the film. And then you get the Beastie Boys as well, don't you? Uh, yeah, 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 the Beastie Boys straight after, yeah. That, I love that opening. It's just, oh God, I, I love that scene so much. Chris Hemsworth debut, isn't it? Or... Yeah, it's mad, yeah, it's mad. They're going to do a time travel film, aren't they, with both yeah. Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, but they yeah, both yeah, demanded yeah. like 30 million each, so they were just like, Bargain. no, Bargain. no, you're all right, Bargain. mate. <laughs> but I love that, that sequence where he sort of, <laughs> trying to evade police capture in that really, really old fashioned car. I love that. It's so good. Ah, I can't stand it. It's so good. Oh. So, so Kyle, what, what did you want to say? No, no, just, just quickly going back to Star Trek and uh, James Bond, they both do the the name, the part from Spectre is like, my name is Blofeld. Oh, yeah. It's very much <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, my yeah. name is Khan. He's <laughs> like, yeah, we yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So going back to the. Um, on a Majesty's Secret Service, so the uh, that all the time in the world, the kind of orchestral theme was used. The piece of music where they're in Italy, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, that bit was so, used yeah. throughout there. Yeah, and then the main theme from On a Majesty's Secret Service was used yeah. in uh, the bit where he first goes back yeah. to MI six as well. Yeah, the, I was so excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was done by Hans Zimmer, and Hans Zimmer seems to do kind of everything at the minute. So he's done the, like the Dark Knight. He does all the Christopher Nolan films, basically. And everything for the last twenty five years. Oh yeah, he's he's, yeah. Been, he's been doing like lots of before Nolan. He's been doing sort of lots of uh, yeah. iconic scores, isn't he? Injection from Mission Impossible Two. I love that song. That is a song. So the part where James visits uh, Vesper's grave and it explodes. That song is called "Message from an Old Friend" and. It's very much like a low hum noise and then very much like a kind of um, orchestral stab, so dun, dun, which is very similar to what he did in The Dark Knight with Always a Catch, um, right. which was the part where the truck flips. There's a weird kind of like low orchestral hum and then dun, right. Dun, dun. right. Hans Zimmer kind of, he has his own tricks and stuff, doesn't he? Um, but what I also found was the bit at the end where, which is called Final Ascent, where James is kind of climbing the ladder. Yeah. The music he, he created was very similar to the, the main theme from Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was in. That's what yeah. I was thinking. It did sound very similar. It, yeah, I agree. Adagio in D minor from Sunshine, it's yeah. called, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's not him, is it? That Adagio. 
that kind no, of. No, I forgot. I forgot who it was. It's someone else. Sorry. Yeah, because that's 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 really sits in that same genre, but it's not him. That kind We've of. We've had chat on text, though, haven't we, Dave? That I've, that song's been used in multiple multiple films. Yeah, because that's it's used in um it's used in Kickass, isn't it? When yeah, yeah, when yeah. Nicholas Cage is dying, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure the first time that's ever been used was in Sunshine. That's the earliest no, it I've was, seen yeah. it. And then, in fact, I'll put some links to the songs just, in the description for this. So yeah, and it just seems to have always been used because the Time song as well is very similar from... Inception. Inception, sorry, yeah. Also, Johnny motherfucking Marr plays guitar on this soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he did he, he did that for Inception, didn't he? Yeah, and Spider-Man 2 and yeah. quite, quite, quite a lot of uh, Hans Zimmer really stuff. Spider-Man yeah. 2? Yeah. Oh, it's no, an no, amazing, sorry, amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Which I've never seen that since. Was an the odd, that's an odd <laughs> score. So has anyone got anything else to say about this film? Yeah, uh, quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I could talk all night. I've got so, a big coffee here. I'm just going to uh, My go battery through is some, dying slowly, but... I'm going to go through some oh. bullet points. So this is the first time ever that the barrel scene has not had blood at the beginning. Yeah. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. Can't think why. Uh, and I actually sent Dave a picture. So the bit where the... The opening scene or the opening part where James is in his car with Madeline, there's like there's like a, a panned out shot and there's three bells, three church bells, and the cars in between them. And I just thought that was a premonition maybe of uh, who for whom the bell tolls, sort of giving you a hint car. that it's gonna gonna like gonna die later. Yeah, Chekhov's gun was under the sink when Madeline shoots uh, Safin. And did you know that Leia Seydoux is the heir to the Pathé fortune. Really? really? Yeah, so her grandfather owns Pathé and is worth $6.4 billion. Sweet. Wow. Is Andy falling asleep? No, I mean, Carl said, oh, yeah, so I've got some bullet points and Newton's just boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's revenge about the cars. <laughs> Uh, what's the 007? What's her, what's her name? I can't remember what her name is. Nomi. Um, yeah, Nomi. I think Shit, get, do you know what? They... We have not talked about her at all. I yeah, yeah. Bad. I, I think it's bad really that good. we haven't. Yeah, I think she was great as She's well. She's amazing. There was... Yeah. There was Badass. All the fucking, fucking gammons were saying, oh, they've got a black double O and a female, blah, blah, blah. She's going to take over the film, but she, to be honest, she's a very small character, isn't she, in it? And she's yeah. great. Why would you mention her? Because she was just so understanding. She was just cool. And the oh. fact that she's so classy and said... Is she a small character? Nah, she has character, quite a good no presence throughout the film. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, but she's yeah. understated. She's understated, though. Yeah, understated. yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't yeah. have massive amounts of dialogue, really, though, does she? Yeah, mm. yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Is in, she doesn't have that much dialogue, but she has quite a... You remember kind of, her, though, a, a presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It affects you. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. she was classy. Like, when she basically like, gave the number back yeah. to James, what a brilliant way of just saying... I'd like to yeah, you my can man. have it. Like, my man. I thought that was okay. wonderful. Fucking hell, I love this film. I need to convey how good this film is. Okay, so let's hear everyone's one-word review. It's the one-word review. one-word review. one-word review from us to you. Except for Dave, who says, it's the best. Kyle, what's your one-word review of this film? End the game. Ooh, cheeky. Andy, what's your one word of review of the film? Right, I'm really sorry. This film is so good and it's the best film that we've done on the podcast. So I'm I'm, so I'm saying three. I'm <laughs> saying three. Like Dave wow. was allowed. So I am saying for this film, Bond. James Bond. 
Okay, how about you, Dave? What's your one-word review of the film? Bear in mind, I don't have that much um, battery left, so... I guess my one-word review would be spectacular. Yeah, I'll go with spectacular. You're just trying to remind me of Spectre. That's what you're trying to do. Mm. <laughs> Cheeky. What about yours, Shafi? Uh My one-word review... I haven't thought about my one-word review. Um, my one-word review is... It'd be so fun if your battery ran out now from that sound of podcast ends. <laughs> my one-word review is... My one, my one word review is cheers. Wow. Yeah. A good send off. Yeah. Raising a glass as a toast. Cheers. Is that the, the end of the recording? So should we do socials? Uh, I'll take us home. You can get in touch with us. Please send any questions, comments, praise, hate mail, or one word reviews to who dropped the popcorn at gmail.com or like, follow, harass us on Twitter at who popcorn or on Instagram at who dropped the popcorn. Just quickly, I put a Mortal Kombat post on the other day, which was liked by Max Wang, who played Kung Lao in the Mortal Kombat film. Really? Yeah, so... Oh my God, Max Wang! We're getting out there, lads. You can also leave a review on your podcast app, and please remember, like and subscribe. You've been listening to Who Dropped the Popcorn. We really appreciate it. See you soon.